Hello and welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. This week, we're reflecting on a bank holiday weekend, which ended with a 100th minute equaliser for the Bears against Darleston Town. And we'll be hearing from the reserves as they get ready to play five successive home games at the Cleric Stadium. Plus, drive a higher nationwide, share why they're supporting the Bears this season. But first, let's hear from player manager Richard Duffy after the bank holiday double header, starting with his reaction to his stoppage time equaliser in the 2 all draw away at Darleston Town. We've shot ourselves in the foot again, going in front and obviously ending up behind in the game again and, and, and we're chasing it. I mean, the last, I think the last half hour, I thought we were fantastic. I mean, it looked like it was only a matter of time. You know, we, we got in some really good areas of the pitch, setting half and just the final ball let us down and, you know, we, we've got a bit of luck with the goal. Let's, let's get it right, the keepers dropped one, but, you know, we put the ball in the right area, we've got people in the right area and, and luckily it fell to me. You've limped out of the changing rooms now, but I guess that was all worth it for the effort that you put in and then that goal in the last few seconds of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trained all pre-season and we we talked about changing at half-time, me and Griff, and I said, listen, you know, if we can stay in the game for 20 minutes and we, you know, we'll have a go and, and, and try and get a winner. But obviously, conceding straight after half-time has, has, has put us on the back foot. But listen, I've got to give them credit because we kept in the game. You know, we we're down to 10 men going 2-1 down by, by gifting them a goal. And we could have we could have gone under, you know. They they were on the front foot. They they looked like they were trying to put pressure on and and we stayed strong. We stayed strong. We, we played the way we wanted to play. And yes, we didn't score. Didn't score the perfect goal. Obviously, it was a mistake by them. But you know, when you're chasing the goal last five minutes, that's that's what you tend to do. But yeah, I thought we were great. But almost most of your goals from set pieces. As soon as that ball was dropping, did you immediately? Was it just kind of kind of your instincts taken over? With yeah, that? it was. Yeah, I, I had a little panic up to be honest. I wasn't quite sure where the goal was because uh, looking at the keeper, then he obviously dropped it. And like he just fell straight to me, and to be honest, I missed from there, and he's shooting. So, um, yeah, it was nice to get the equaliser, and then obviously a minute left, just just seen the rest of the game out. Obviously, three penalties you conceded on Saturday. Again, red cards early on, and well, just before half time in, in this one. Your team seems to make it hard for yourselves. But how proud are you of the effort and the resilience the team seems to show when they are put into this kind of adversity? Yeah, I think you're right. The resilience and the, and the heart we got, but you know we. I'm not sure how many games we've gone in front this season. It's, it's quite a few, you know. I know the last three games we've been in front, and we've come away with a point. Uh, we lost in the cup, we lost in the league, and then obviously we've, we've, we've scored in the last minute here. So we're starting games really well, which is good. Um, and then just having a slight wobble with maybe it's a concentration issue or or something. But we we, we need to get to the bottom of it because obviously it's, it's going to cost us, you know, going going on in the season. And your first goal was a, a real good goal, all built on kind of the runs of Sankey and then Ethan Hartson as well running in, into the box as well, which must be pleasing. Fantastic, you know, that's, that's, that's what, what, we, what we try and do, you know, we get, get balls to our wingers. George, I mean, since he's come back in the team, I think he's been fantastic. He's been our best player, him and Danny, by a country mile and a proper threat. And he was today again. I mean, his all-round game, not just going forward, you know, getting hold of the ball, back to goal. Um, he's really improved on that over, over the off-season. And he's a proper threat and obviously Ethan running into the box late, which he does really well and he's a great finish. There was obviously so much happening in, in that game. Lots of talking point around the red card, lots of talk amongst the fans. Well, well, was it a red card or not? What's your take on it? It doesn't really matter really what my take is, isn't it? Because he sent him off and um, 
you could see something coming. You could see something coming from the referee. The, their bench was was up in arms about everything, every every sort of tackle, which is fine. That's, that's what what they choose to do. You know, Dicko's made one on the half line. Billy's made one. So you could see something brewing. And is it a red card? Is it not? Mac is Mac is taking the ball and clears through. But I'm not sure where it's where his leg needs to go. You know, um, the referee's saying that the forward's got the right to run there. Well, if you think he's going to kick it, get out of his way. Just, I wouldn't run there. So if you want to run there and you want to get kicked, then for me it's not a red card. Listen, we've got to learn from it and we've got to learn quickly because the season will will soon peter out, you know, game after game. If we if we keep doing silly things, you know, it's, it's going to punish us. So um, obviously Saturday with the penalties, today with a red card. And luckily we, we, sal- we salvaged the point today. Two games in for three days, there was a real risk of potentially going two defeats. How important do you think that point is, particularly with the two-week break now? It's a big point, obviously. We, we won't know how big it is until um, until the, the the business end of the season, you know. So, um, but yeah, if we if we had come away with two defeats over over the weekend, it would have been disappointing with with our performances, you know. I think I think we deserve more than more than one point over the over the two games. But sometimes you don't get what you deserve, you know. And and if you keep shooting yourself in the foot, then you, you're not going to get what you want. We need to learn on, and we, we we need to we need to tidy up our our instincts off the ball. Because at the minute it isn't good enough with the ball. I, I really like us, but yeah, just a little bit off the ball, and and, and that's something we'll sort out. We, me and Griff will we'll, we'll go through it, and and the boys, you know, I like them to have a say as well to what they think. But you know, my my team talk in there hasn't changed because we scored the equaliser. You know, my team talk was always going to be the same. Yes, obviously, there's more delight in there because we got the point. But you know, I, I was happy with with what I saw today. A couple of different things which which we need to improve on, but um, the point hasn't changed. What I said, what 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 I felt, and how the game went, um, I, I thought we 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 were good. The draw at Dolliston Town came just two days after Congleton lost four two at Stourport Swifts. We heard Max Wrench on the podcast a few weeks ago as he followed the Bears away at Lichfield City. Max was on the road again last weekend, this time to Stourport on the banks of the River Severn. And it wasn't just a game that was eventful. Good morning and welcome to another day in the life supporting the Bears away in our second competitive away game of the season against Stalport Swifts today. Obviously, last time out in the league, we beat Utox to a 4-0 convincing performance. And yeah, I thought it was much better than the game against Litchfield. I thought we were created a lot more chances, probably against a weaker side, to be fair. But you can only really beat what's in front of you. Obviously, last weekend, we unfortunately... Lost to Witten in the FA Cup. Uh, I didn't think we played poorly at all. It was a very even game. Yeah, they just got the two goals. But yeah, today's going to be interesting. Obviously, another a new team to face, a new ground to go to. So not really too sure what to expect just yet. It's definitely one of the, the longer away trips of the season. I think the journey at the moment is looking at about two hours. Obviously, that's traffic dependent. I know it could get worse with it being bank holiday weekend and everything. Going down with my granddad today in the car. I think we're looking to leave at about half past ten, so quite early. But that's because we've got a few bits to do down on the way. I'll let him talk you through that a little afterwards. But I think we'll be stopping off for some food, maybe a restaurant or something on the way down there for some lunch, which will be nice. Weather at the moment is looking decent. Sun's out, not looking too cloudy or rainy at the moment. So I'm going to go get myself some breakfast to prepare for the day, and I'll speak to you shortly. 
about to set off then shortly on our journey down to Stelport today and I thought I'd give a few of my thoughts before the game. Obviously it's still very early in the season at the moment, all teams have only played a couple of games but I think most will play two this bank holiday weekend so we'll hopefully start to see you know where teams are kind of panning out and who's going to be up there challenging and I think it's a, a really good opportunity for us to put a bit of a marker down really with two wins and I think if we do have aspirations of you know really being up there challenging for the league and if not the playoffs these are the kind of games that we're gonna have to win um, especially away from home you know last year I think our away form was the only thing that that let us down really so hopefully this year we're able to turn that around um, but yeah Grendel will be picking me up shortly that's Colin Wrench for anyone who knows him long serving fan and supporter of town as well as volunteering a lot he's a member of the Wednesday club who do yeah a lot of great work to well make it possible that we're able to go and watch town at home really a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and watching town wouldn't be possible without them so massive shout out to them just set off then on our way to Stourport this morning just set off after half ten or so with granddad Colin in the car next to me who's gonna tell us a bit about the the journey what we're doing and thoughts on the game today well usually we have a car full we're off to a new venue Stourport so looking forward to it the weather's mixed looks like we could get a shower or two but uh, just me and Max today right heading off there we've actually set off early because I don't know whether it's a stroke of luck but I bought a moped off uh, eBay, or well, I intend to buy one off eBay, and lo and behold, it's in Stourport. So we've got the car sorted out, gone out early, we're going to try and snag this uh, moped, get it in the back, and then get it home. So just me and Max, I love it when it's uh, me and Max, his uh, dad's not with us, I think he's out in the Lake District at the moment. So looking forward to this one. Fairly unlucky last week against uh, Witten. A draw would have uh, been fair, but this is what happens in football. So we've had, uh, let's say, mixed fortunes so far. This is one of the early games away. Looks like it's a good setup at Stourport. Not quite sure what the standard will be, but we can uh, just try our best. Hope the lads are all fit. Noticed on our squad that we've got a new couple of new signings, and uh, we might better see one or two of those uh, playing. So we've got a two-hour journey now. We're avoiding the motorway, and uh, we'll get back to you later. Just finished a lovely meal here in Stourport at the Brinton Arms. Had a nice chicken burger. Grandad was on the scampi. After we've successfully picked up his new moped here as well, worked out really nicely with it also being in Stourport. Grandad, how have you found the, the journey, the meal and the moped? Uh, meal at first class, a little worrying. We've just had a humongous downpour, so uh, we don't know whether we're on an artificial service or a natural one this afternoon, but we're hoping it's not going to affect the ground too much. Yeah, interesting journey here. I don't know where... Max has had his phone from I think it's an ex-rally team because he's brought us down every byway and narrow lane through Fords it's been unbelievable but anyway we've got here we've got our uh, new if anyone's interested a little 
1983 Honda Express stowed in the back now it stinks a bit of petrol but nice meal at the Brinton Arms in fact a bit of blue sky it's uh, 5 to 2 so we're going up to the ground have a sly pint and get ready for the game Arrived here then at Stelport Swift to what is a pretty little ground actually um, Nice line of trees landing one side, just come over a bridge right across the River Severn. Can't see it from the ground, unfortunately, but can hear it flowing past. Got a decent enough clubhouse and bar, some kind of DJ radio set going on, um, which is quite loud, which is a bit annoying, but yeah, all good apart from that. Real, real grass instead of turf this time. Pitch looks a little bit long, but we'll see how that plays out. It has just started to rain as well, so hopefully that slicks it up a little bit in terms of the team today a couple of new signings on the on the squad list Harvey Washington starting and uh, Jordan Green on the bench we are a little bit bare bones we've only three on the bench but I guess that's the kind of thing you expect on a on a bank holiday weekend but yeah looking forward to the game today it is a is a strong squad regardless and hopefully we can get the three points Half time here in uh, Stowport. <laughs> Somehow we're 2 1 down. I, I, I don't really know how. We started off brilliantly. Um, looked really threatening. First goal was a great goal. Ethan played a brilliant ball out to down on the right. AJ made a good run to take the defenders away. Dan cut inside and fired one past the goalkeeper brilliantly. And even after that, we looked comfortable. And then we've conceded two pretty sloppy penalties, really. One of them where there's been a bit of a tug of the shirt out wide. The shout said it was outside the box, but he's given it a good penalty. The second one, they've got a throw in almost on, our, on their own corner flag. They managed to work it out really easily. And uh, their lad ended up going through, trying to go around Dave and wins a penalty off him, tucks it away for 2-1. I wouldn't say it was completely undeserved, but I'd say we've been the better team. Just after that, again, refereeing decisions going against us. George's amazing run out from the left cuts inside, gets clipped by the defender, stays on his feet and shoots instantly. But as he shoots, the referee's blown for a free kick and the shot results in an absolutely pearler, to be honest, into the top corner. But because the referee's already blown, we have to take the free kick. Didn't play a second advantage. It's terrible refereeing, but I'm confident that in the second half we'll be able to turn it around. Uh, hopefully fitness will show and quality. We've definitely been the better team. We have created a few chances. Um... Just got to put them away now. Yeah, fingers crossed. Full time then, and it's a 4-2 loss today in another game where, similar to Litchfield Town, had the majority of the ball, majority of the possession, but end up on the losing side. Second half, we came out, started well, scored relatively early on from a corner. Kind of set-piece routine that we do in the ball. Um, went all the way in from Dan. And then after that, we didn't really create too much more, to be honest. They go down almost straight away and win what is their third penalty of the game, score from that. And then from then onwards, we had majority of the ball, as I say, but it just felt like we were missing something, really. You can see how we're trying to play with trying to keep the ball, not go long, try and play into feet and work stuff. But at this level, you have to be so intricate to do that. It's such fine margin. It's really difficult. So without a real focal point up top or anything like that, we we struggled to create too many chances. You know, they set about their task well, Stalport. They did everything that they wanted to do and come away with the three points today. You can't really complain too much. Again, I don't think we really played particularly poorly. Just couldn't find the chances to 
Just go, which is frustrating. We've come out of the ground and got back to Grandad's car, realised the back left tyre is punctured and we've been struggling to get it off. So we've had to call the breakdown to come and help sort us out. So we're currently sat in the car park. Then we got ourselves some drinks from the clubhouse and sat here waiting now. Grandad, have you got any thoughts from today? It's one of those days where you think, maybe I should have stayed in bed. But uh, I know that in give it a period of time, we'll laugh about it. That's not the result, but the dire position we're in at the moment. With a motorbike covering the spare tyre that we had to get out to get the spare tyre out, that we got out, but then couldn't get the tyre that was down off. And now we've got an hour wait for someone to try and do it. So I know I'll laugh about it in months to come, but at the moment it's difficult. But just another day. So, yeah, at least I'm with my grandson. Quarter to eight and just got back home from Stalport now. I thought it was a bit of an eventful end to the afternoon. Had to get the breakdown, people out for the car. They couldn't get the wheel off either. So in the end, they just kind of pumped it up. We rolled it over it so it had a nail in it, which didn't end too badly as it meant we could drive home uh, on that. Yeah, just a, a bit of a delay, but not the end of the world after. Yeah, what was another unfortunate and bit of a disappointing away day. 4-2 loss. Yeah, not too much to take from the game, really. Good start, but other than that, was was a bit poor. As I say, it's going to be difficult in this new league and getting adjusted to everything like that. And hopefully, with there being two games over the weekend, we can we can bounce back on Monday away at Darleston again. It's another one that I'm not going to know too much about, as you know, never been there before, know anything about the team, but we'll be there regardless. In terms of this evening, I've got a 21st to go to, so going to go do a bit of celebrating for there, even though there wasn't much to celebrate from the game today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you all soon. Cheers. This feature seems to have already become a bit of a curse, but hopefully it will be third time lucky for Max and the Bears next time. A big thank you to Max and Colin Wrench for sharing what turned out to be a very eventful day for them. Still to come, we will hear from the reserves on their run of home fixtures and also new supporter driver hire nationwide. Congleton Town Reserves are getting ready to play five successive home games in 18 days, four in the league and one in the cup. So if you've not been down to support the reserves yet this season, then there's lots of opportunity to do just that over the next few weeks. It's not been the start to the season they would have wanted after picking up two points from their opening six league games. But manager Martin Corns and captain Jack Clues explain how success for them isn't all about the results on the pitch. So I came to Congleton with the under-16s a couple of years ago. We'd been playing in the JPL um, under a different team and we were looking for a club we were getting towards the end of kids football and we were looking for the club to be able to take the players to the next level where we were playing. We had a, we had a very good team, a very good group of players and we were looking for a club who had ambitions to try and get local lads into their senior setup. So we came in two years ago, um, did, re- did really well in the leagues, had a really good, good support from first of all the junior section, moved through into the senior section. Last year, 
fair few of them at the age of 16 started breakthrough reserves. We even had one of the lads were even players player of the year. A few of them played for the first team. Marco pretty much established himself in the first team over the year. We ran that team for a couple of years in the junior section and we've we've I've sort of stepped up as as a lot of the lads are stepping into senior football now to to sort of help them make that transition really. Fantastic. And we'll talk more about that in a little while. Um, Jack, same question to you. How did your involvement with the Bears start? I started when it was Conlon Vale. So we used to play at the town ground. I think my first season was 2018, 2019. The side at the time had quite a lot of ex Conlon town players in there. And then obviously we've just we merged two seasons ago. Last year was the first season. As Martin said, with the, the young lads, we became the reserves for the first season. That's how I've made my way in through Conlon Vale, really. And Martin, six games into the season, what are your thoughts on the season so far? We've had a pretty difficult start. I mean, out of the six games, we've played four of the top five. Um, we've we've lost a few games by the odd goal, but we have sort of measure our su- success with the reserves. Really, as you know, the the main the main aim as the reserves team is to try and provide players for the first team. Which we've probably had about five or six of our players play for the first, get minutes for the first team this year. We've was counting up early. We've used thirteen players so far this year at the, at the age of seventeen and under. 16 and 17. So results have been a bit difficult. Um, it's a bit of a change of style with myself being manager. We've, we're sort of trying to bed in a different style of play. We've not really been hammered in any games. We've, we've competed quite well with some of the top teams in the league. We feel we'll get better as the season goes on, as the lads get a bit more experience. It's been a bit of a difficult start because because of holidays and the first team have had players missing, so people have been going to the first team and we've had quite a few injuries. But yeah, we're, we're fairly confident that we'll pick up over the season and, 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 and improve. And Jack, how do you reflect on the start to the season as captain? Well, we were talking before we started recording and saying I think we've been quite unlucky with results. Um, I don't think the table shows our performances really. I think we should have maybe won two games at least got points on more points on the board. But like Martin says, at the end of the day, our job as a reserve team is to try and get people, to try and encourage young lads into the first team. So from that sort of point, we are sort of doing our job correct. But like I said, I don't think the table at the moment actually represents how well we've actually been playing as a team. Compared to last year when we were playing from September till Christmas was hard for us because they were all young, 16 lads. Sometimes we were playing Nine out of the starting eleven was sixteen years old into men's football, which is obviously a big learning curve. We 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 got some beating sevens, eights, but we haven't even been close to that this year. So I think we are on the right step, on the right line, to be honest. As you mentioned, Martin, I think yeah, like you say, you've played for the current top five. So these on paper will perhaps be some of the toughest tests you'll face this season. So what's kind of been your message to the team over the last few games? I mean, a lot of these teams that we're playing are full of seasoned adult footballers who are sort of 28, 29, 30, who've played at, at this standard and better. So there's there's loads for the lads to learn. Um, you know, the, like we keep saying, the, the purpose of this team is to try and develop these players. It's a massive difference playing under-16s, under-17s football to playing, jumping straight into the Cheshire Premier League. We, we go around... We go around the the other teams and don't see any young lads in some of these teams who are playing. So it's it's all about the football education. 
and and learning about learning about the game. Technically, we think they're all in the right place, but it's just a patience thing. We've we've got to be patient with them. We've got to keep trying to teach them to do the right things. Keep trying to teach them. You know, I like I like footballers who can get on the ball, who can receive the ball well, and then when they go to a higher standard. We've had two or three lads who've gone into the first team, and and and, and Richard Duffy's been fairly surprised how how well they've coped because they receive the ball so well and they're comfortable in play. So it's just a case of keep plugging away, really, and keep believing in what we're doing. Keep trying to develop these lads, and hopefully, in a few years' time, you'll 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 see a few of them running around on Saturday afternoon in the first team. How important do you think this pathway is here at Congleton Town Football Club? For me. A lot of football clubs say that they've got a good path, pathway for young lads, but you don't see it happening. They can a lot of a lot of clubs tempt tempt players in and promise a pathway, and then maybe one will break through. I think it's pretty unprecedented what the club have done. The support we've had off the first team, off Richard Duffy and Griff, Chris, who's director of football, you know Adam Adam who does all the socials, involves us in all that. The lads feel really part of it. And and they know that if they do well, then the, that pathway is open. Duffy said to me the other week, he's not. He doesn't really care how old these lads are. As long as they're good enough, they'll they'll, they'll get a chance. And there's not many clubs around that that actually follow through with that and do that. Do you think that says a lot about Richard Duffy and kind of Anthony Griffiths and the and what what the club are doing? That they are making sure that these young players and the reserves are part of their plans because it's very much kind of looking towards the the future, but actually the present as well. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and you know, and, and Chris Rowley has been really supportive. He brought us into the senior setup. He's down watching our games. Duffy comes watching our games when they're not playing. Griff does. They know all these players. It's not me going to them saying I think you should look at this lad. They they already know these players. They they've seen them. They know, they, you know they know the strengths and weaknesses. We talk about them on a regular basis, and people like Jack. Have been, uh, uh, you know, we've got two or three real good role models for them in within our setup as well. People like Jack, they're teaching them the right way to play and the right, the right way to do things and the right way to behave. So, yeah, I think you know we may be sat at the bottom of the table at the moment, but there's a lot of successes, I think, and 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 the club have got a lot of things right with this. And Jack, you were part of the reserve side before it was a reserve side when it was called Congleton Vale, if that kind of um, makes sense. How have you seen the kind of the change? How, how has the, the transition been? And what, what was that like from a player perspective now that it is fully integrated with, within the Congleton Town Football Club? I mean, when we were at Congleton Vale, the only connection that we had with Congleton Town was that we played at the ground. Maybe on an occasion... I think they probably had one, maybe two players off us, um, but it was literally just we played at Conlon Town's ground, that was it. Whereas when we had the turn to the reserves, or when we've become more affiliated with the first team, like we were saying before, we've probably supplied 10, maybe 15 players over the past four or five years to the first team. So I think from that perspective, as I said before, doing our job as a reserve team, even more so now with the young lads, but they actually take an interest in us. A lot, like say, like Martin said, Griff. You'll always see Griff, Duffs, um, Chris, Adam Down. They'll always post our games on social medias, let him know when we are, when we're playing, where we're playing. Um, so it gives us a real good, or it gives the club a good advertisement. Obviously, it isn't just bother about the first team; they bother about the us, the eighteens, whoever's playing for the club. What difference does that make to you, kind of as a player? 
think people are more aware of us from that and you think, oh, we're actually part of Conlon Town rather than just, we're just a team who plays at Conlon Town. People actually have an interest in, in us. Midweek games, we seem to get bigger crowds, obviously because the first team aren't playing. The good initiative that they've allowed, if you've got season tape, they come up to us for free this year, which has been a big help to boost numbers. People come and speak to you in the bar after the game, probably because they've seen half of our players playing for the first team, so they won't know how they're getting on throughout the season. But I just think it's just positive, just creates positive atmosphere around clubs. And Jack, you you are the captain, perhaps one of the most experienced players on the team. Do you enjoy that kind of leadership side of it? I always say, uh, do as I say, not as I do, because I'm not the most technically gifted footballer. So I can't really comment on these lads' technical abilities. But like Mike said, it's just, just little things, how to behave on the pitch, off the pitch, getting ready for games, getting your mindset right and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty hard for me because I think I'm the second oldest player. So it is just like we've got... We've got Lee Skelton, who's like 34. Then you've got me, and then it's like, oh, I'm 28. And then you've got the next young, is like 21. So we are a really, really young side. But with Martin, with Davo, with Graham, we do just try and encourage these young lads to play football the right way. Martin, one of the things we've mentioned is the difference between youth and kind of senior football. What are the differences and what kind of is your role in making that step up from youth football then, then to senior football? So I managed the 17s last year and we we played in the Northwest Youth Alliance. So we were playing against teams like Chester, AFC, Fylde, Altrincham, all who have got proper academies. And the football is is very, very technical in terms of how the teams play, quite tactical. When you jump up to men's football, the players are just much more streetwise. As well as as well as as well as the physical attributes, so you know they've gone from playing lads their own age, 16, 17 years old, to a thirty-year-old seasoned footballer who's been playing men's football for maybe ten or twelve years. The things that they're learning off the likes of Jack and and, and Lee Skell and people like that are what to do in certain time, times of the game, how when to slow the game down, the dark arts that they don't get taught at a young age. And just generally, the playing against players who some of the players we're playing against are not as good as them technically. But it's not just all about being a technical footballer. You've got to be strong enough. You've got to know how to use your body. You've got to be brave. We're trying to build a brand in the reserves where we actually play football. And and you know, if the first team are away and we're at home, we'd like people to come down and watch us and enjoy watching us, and us to. But, you know, retain our identity of being a technical footballing team, but with a few older heads who can can teach them um, to be a bit more streetwise. And Jack, you are, I believe, also a coach within the local area as well. How important do you think it is for uh, clubs like Congleton to have this kind of pathway in place? Yeah, so I actually coached quite a lot of our players at the Monday Night Development Centre that we used to run. So the likes of Martin's team used to come down on a Monday night and they'd all get taught the same the same way how, how Conlon Town wants to play. So it isn't just, right, you're a manager of the under-13s, you're going to play this way. It was like, right, every single player from under-11s to under-17s will play this certain way and wants to play basically the Conlon Town way. So that you can tell already from when I have been coaching and the, for the past few seasons that teams are already starting you can sort of tell it's a Conlon style, style style of football rather than just, right, you're manager of Conlon Town under 14s, you're going to play your way, the 15s are going to play their way. They all just want to 
like Martin said, and it also helps Martin in the 17s. They want to play an attractive style of football, which is good. And if people have been to watch us this season, they can sort of see that that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to go hiding on the ball. We are trying to get the ball down, get to play. But as we said, and as Martin said, you can't just rely on being good footballers to win games. And that's where older players, not just myself, need to support the younger players even more. Maybe physical battles, like Martin said, in the dark arts section of football. But the lads that we've got a race, they want to learn. And I think, like I say, I think we'll do well this season. And Martin, how important do you think these kind of next few weeks could be? And could, could it be kind of a catalyst, do you think, for kind of an upturn in potential form? We, we hope so. I mean, it is easier for the lads when, you know, if you get a few people on, on the ground and a few cheering them on and what have you. So I do, I do feel like we have had a difficult start. The fixtures we've had, most of them being away. We've got a last away game on Saturday away at Crewe. And then we have got, like I say, a run of five fixtures at home where we can hopefully build a bit of momentum, start bedding down the, the patterns of play. It's been quite difficult because the amount of fixtures you play at the start of the season, we had our pre-season. It's a bit all over the place pre-season with holidays and people away and this, that and the other. So we've not really had any training sessions till this week since the start of the season because you're literally playing twice a week and, it, and it's manic. So we're hopefully going to get to a point where we're playing once a week, some weeks, and we can try and bed down some more some more patterns of play and and and, and just try and establish how, how we want to be as a team. And I think that these home games will, will help us do that as well. Um we're not travelling all over the place. So it's yeah, I think I think in another sort of month or six weeks, I think I think we'll get a good idea of where we're at. We've just got to keep believing in what we're doing and try and try and keep doing the right thing. Try and keep the young lads' confidence up, and 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 I think I think it'll turn, and we'll, we'll we're on the right track. And Jack, you're a big Port Vale fan. You're sat here now, proudly wearing your Port Vale top. What's it like having former Port Vale players like Richard Duffy and Anthony Griffiths part of Congleton? Bit surreal, really, because I followed Vale home and away the year. We got promoted, and Duffs and Griff were there, and it was sort of madness, really. And obviously when Pope signed, I got a load of texts saying, no ways if Pope signed for Conklin. So it was surreal to see all these plays that I that I watched growing up and then just like seeing him play like on the net on the Astro next year. So it's it's good. Thanks to Chris as well. I got Matt Mark and next Chris and Chris and David managed to play in the memorial game that they had at Congleton, where it was basically Port Vale legends. So that was like the pinnacle my career I was tempted to retire there and then to be honest but <laughs> no it is surreal but it's good especially the stuff that you learn off pros and ex-pros that played professional football for 15 years you just watch their game and just see little things that obviously you learn off them could play miles better standard that year but no it's really enjoyable to be honest and Martin, what's it like for you? Do you find it that you kind of expand your knowledge? Is it do you have like constant conversations with them around the the, the plays? And do you feel like you've benefited from from it as well? Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, I speak to Rich pretty much every week. We we discuss players, where people are at, how he sees them, how we see where they're at. He's looking for very similar things that that, that we look for. When we send players through to the first team, it's always dead interesting to get some feedback from them because they it's a different 
test for them being in the first team because you know the young lads are then around a team full of seasoned ex pros and, and and people who have played at a real good level. So we we are constantly in contact. We, we sort of me and Duffy speak probably every Thursday, Friday, something like that, as we're getting towards the end of the week to see who's fit, who's carrying injuries, who he sort of always asks our opinion on who who we think if he's going to take somebody who we think who we think deserves a chance. And and that's that's the way it should be, you know. That these young lads have, have got it there. If they get the heads down and work hard, it's, it's a different thing playing for an ex-pro because they, the you know, the knowledge they can impart onto them is huge. Rich has played international level for Wales, and we've got two or three centre halves who have gone through and spent time with them in the first team, and it, it it's just not the sort of opportunity you get all the time. And it seems to me the overwhelming message from our conversation is the future is bright for the Bears. We hope so. That's that's what we're aiming to. That's why we're here. And I, I, I heard Chaz's, Chaz's version of the uh, of the podcast. And like you're saying that all these people are volunteers and that, that's why we all volunteer. That's why it's rewarding when you see people like Marco, for instance, establishing himself for the first team and starting. You know, I've not, I've I've seen Marco play since he was thirteen, and seeing him hold his own in the first team is, you know, is is great, great to see. You know, I'm sure these other lads will follow in his footsteps. And I guess Jack, your message is come down and see for yourself, and come come and support the reserves over the next few weeks and for the rest of the season. Yeah, like like we've been saying before, I think it'll definitely benefit the young lads. They'll love playing in front of a crowd. My message would be probably seen over half our players before, if not more. And no, I'm not in any doubt at all that you'll see more in the future. So yeah, any support is greatly appreciated. Brilliant. Well, thank you both very much for your time and all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Thank you very much, Adam. If you're going to the Cleric Stadium, then you may notice a new advertising board on the dugout side of the pitch. Driver Hire Nationwide are one of the local businesses supporting Congleton Town Football Club this season. And recruitment consultant Simon Cassiel is on the podcast to tell us more. Driver Hire provides um, staffing solutions to local businesses. We specialise in, in driving roles. The brand was built on providing professional drivers, um, anything from van drivers, HGV, car testers, any anything really. But we're not exclusive to that. We we do also supply non-driving roles, mainly industrial roles, but we have, you know, even dabbled in in office office roles, etc. So anything where we can assist, you know, in terms of staffing, that's what we, we do. The the first office was launched in 1983 in West Yorkshire. So as a brand we're actually celebrating our 40th year of trading this year so that's a big year for us it's also a big year for you in terms of the congleton branch as well because driver hire was launched in congleton earlier this year and um, why yeah. congleton the crew branch has been operating for about 30 years and congleton's always been a part of, of of our catchment area and we believe that there's massive potential um in that area you know for us to, to establish a good presence which will help our, our core business and crew as well. The main goal for us is to help local people in Congleton find local work. And I think, you know, there's a lot of great businesses in Congleton. In terms of competition, there's actually not not a lot. It's not a highly saturated 
market in terms of um, the amount of recruitment agencies there. So um, if we can, you know, lead the way in helping local people find work in Congleton, then that, that's what success would be for us. Recently, it was announced that Driver Hire Congleton have supported Congleton Town Football Club with a, a new advertising board on the dugout side. Yeah. Why did you decide to support Congleton Town Football Club? Well, because we know that football is a massive part of every community, you know, and, and when we first visited the club, myself and my colleague Steve, who's our area development manager, uh, we decided just to pop up, pop down and uh, have a look at the ground and see see what it's like. And the reception we received was, was really good, very professional. Um, you know, many people might think that if if, uh, if a club doesn't have, uh, play in the, in the top, top leagues, it... Yeah, the facilities may be run down or whatever, but it's it's couldn't be further from the truth, especially with Congleton Town. You know, it's clear to see that everyone that works for the club is really passionate about what they do. Yeah, it's it's great. You've obviously visited the club a few weeks ago to see your new advertising board. You mentioned it kind of already, but what were kind of your first impressions of the club? It's been an experience in itself just visiting on the day when we we went there to take pictures with the board and with the with the kids. I, I wasn't expecting it to be such an experience, but we we got a whole tour around the uh, you know the cha- we saw the changing rooms. Like I said, we got to see the the new new um, new kids. It's just been really fun, really fun. I want to get down and see a, see the team in action as soon as possible. I think that's the next goal. But yeah, so far it's been uh, it's been great uh, partnering up with the club, and we hope it continues. We hope we hope uh, if there's any way we can help as well, then we'll do that. I mean, already when I'm when I'm out on the road visiting potential new clients or existing clients, I always scream and shout about you know partnering up with the club. So yeah, we're proud to be able to do that, and hopefully only good things will will come of it. I believe they will. What are you most looking forward to about this partnership? Uh, you know, I think things like this, you know, getting involved in network, networking uh, activities, meeting new people, hopefully establishing some, some long-term relationships. Obviously, also ha- helping driver hire to get more eyes on our, our business. And like I said before, you know, if we can help one person from uh, from from a crowd that goes to a Congleton Town Football Club game uh, to, to find work, or to find staff, whatever the case may be, then that's that's what you know success would look like for us. Also, most importantly, we want to see uh, Congleton Town Football Club bring home some silverware as well. I hope I'll get the chance to see that live in person on on the ground. So, how can our listeners find out more about Driver Hire Congleton? We're on social media at the moment. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. We, we also have a website, driverhire.co.uk forward slash Congleton, where both potential clients or candidates can get in touch with us and find out about our, the opportunities uh, we, we, we have. And we're also only a phone call away from discussing how we can we can help and what, what services we provide. So, yeah, we're always happy to, to discuss opportunities, like I said, in the area. There's no match for the men's first team this weekend, but the reserves are away at Crew FC on Saturday the 2nd of September before their run of home fixtures start on Wednesday the 6th of September at the Cleric Stadium. We'll be back next week when we'll be previewing Congleton Town Ladies' season in the Cheshire Women's Football League Premier Division.
Until then, thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast.